a blood test to confirm infection was quickly developed. However, it only served to ignite chaos and panic once it showed nearly everyone carried the disease and would die in a matter of days. Those days were a nightmare to Sam. Parents killing their children to prevent suffering. Roving gangs of madmen wandering the streets killing, maiming, and raping with abandon. At first, there was a pathetic effort to dispose of the bodies. Mass graves soon led to giant furnaces, which turned into whole fields piled high with bodies hosed down with gasoline from fire department pump trucks before going up in a giant fireball of ineffective cremation. Eventually, even the thin veneer of civilization collapsed. Police, soldiers, doctors, firemen, government leaders all evaporated into the futility of wasted life and the certainty of impending death. Sam never bothered to even get the test, just assumed he was infected like everyone else and would die soon. He'd been away on business, unable to get home or even call. Mass transportation came to a standstill, and the roads and highways were thin ribbons of clogged, hellish brutality in a vast landscape of death and rot. He supposed the only thing that kept him from killing himself, like so many others, was the thought of getting home to his wife and daughter before the end. Countless occasions he almost died anyway due to near accidents, wanton violence, or sheer chance. As everyone around him died off, and the world became more still, Sam let himself feel some hope for his family. Maybe he was alive because of something genetic, so Rachel and Barbara could be immune too. They might be alive and holding on in their house in Williamsburg, Virginia. Getting home consumed his being. He had long ago tried to blot out that journey. It was a voyage over a dead landscape, covered in bodies where the rats and roaches had quickly multiplied by the trillions to consume the rotting, stinking flesh. Giant plumes of smoke lifted into the air in every direction, and on some days dirty ash fell from the sky like snow. Sam learned to avoid habitation and highways, traveling mostly cross-country, and only entering buildings out of great necessity. Williamsburg lay on a peninsula, cut lengthwise by only one real interstate, and this road had become more of a killing zone than most. Sam remembered this highway was frequently packed bumper to bumper each weekend in normal times, and in the end, millions had clogged this already ineffective escape route. Sam had no other choice but to travel down this highway. The surrounding land was narrow, swampy, and thickly wooded, so I-64 was the only real option. He spent most of the time walking over the hoods and roofs of cars, trucks, and vans, covered in others' belongings, some clearly necessary for survival, others pure vanity or delusion. At night, he would stay in one of the many recreational vehicles on the highway, after dragging the dead inhabitants outside with as much respect and tenderness as he could summon. He would eat what was stocked in the vehicle's kitchen, heated by propane tanks, and he could usually even get a shower. It took over a week to cover the sixty miles in this manner. When he finally made it to his neighborhood, it looked almost normal. Bodies were few, and only a couple of the houses had burned down. Sam made his way to his house and family with trepidation. He began running when he saw his home, and started yelling for them. His cries startled a flock of crows, and his cries echoed back to him unanswered. Dead windows everywhere greeted and watched him. Rachel had loved this home. They both had. It wasn't too big, and in a nice area with a beautiful view. 
They had bought it with the intention of growing old in it together, and of it being the last house they ever owned. They had been happy and content here, Sam realized, as he stood at the front door.